My final thoughts before the Bills face the Commanders, an injury update with Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills, and my five predictions for Sunday afternoon are all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, it's time for our last conversation before the Bills face the Commanders in Week 3. The Bills looking for their second win of the season and to hand the Commanders their first loss of the season. So I'm going to deliver my final thoughts. Then we're going to talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about the injuries and kind of a weird week of injuries where it started off pretty concerning on Wednesday, finished off on Friday looking pretty good. So we're going to get into all of that. And then of course, five predictions for what I think is going to happen on Sunday afternoon. And I've got some interesting stuff cooked up for that. Let's start with final thoughts. And in final thoughts, I typically will also get to some of the newsy things that happened throughout the course of the week that I didn't have a chance to comment on during our regular programming. But I do want to start with some of that newsy stuff and acknowledge that Josh Allen, was named AFC Offensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's the 11th time in Josh Allen's career that he's received Player of the Week honors, and that also passed Jim Kelly for the most Player of the Week awards in team history. So they were tied at 10. Josh Allen now has 11, and that's more than any other player in franchise history. Josh Allen also has the most player of the week awards in the NFL since he entered the league in 2018. He has 11. The next closest is is Patrick Mahomes with nine. Lamar Jackson has eight, Derrick Henry seven, and Joe Burrow five. So pretty cool here that not only is Josh Allen the franchise leader in player of the week awards, but has the most in the NFL since he entered the NFL. And folks, it's never not cool to me. It's never not cool for that tweet to come through on Tuesday and they announced the player of the weeks and it's Josh Allen. I love it. It's super cool. It's a point of pride for me. And this one felt really good, especially coming off of the Jets performance where Josh faced a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism for me. I think he deserved all of it. I think some of it was taken too far, but he bounces back and has, the best week of any player in the AFC in terms of offense. And so love, love, love the bounce back. And it's a point of pride, and it's just never not cool for me to see him claim that award. The next thing I want to get into is Christian Kirksey, retired. Life comes at you fast, right? Come out of preseason. We're concerned that Tyrell Dotson's going to be the starting linebacker. Terrell Bernard is... Got some type of injury. We didn't even get a chance to see him in the preseason. And we're begging Brandon Bean to sign Christian Kirksey because 
he's the only chance we have at some reasonable player to play middle linebacker for the Bills. And then he does. And then fast forward like three weeks and Christian Kirksey decides to hang him up. And obviously, this is a hit to the Bills. It, it hurts their linebacker depth. And the corresponding move here is that the Bills signed A.J. Klein to the practice squad. And I'll tell you what, A.J. Klein's presence on this roster, it just feels inevitable, right? How, could you imagine a Bills season without A.J. Klein? He feels like an inevitable piece of the pie. I'm glad that they brought him back because of the familiarity. But in all honesty, the Bills linebacker depth does take a hit. And ideally, we never have to see it, right? Ideally, Terrell Bernard continues to play at the level that he has to this point and becomes an outstanding linebacker for the Bills for a long time, and there's no injuries. But, you know, Bernard does have an injury history. That's something I'm mindful of. And I'm concerned about the depth because now you're one snap away from Tyrell Dotson being your Mike linebacker. Now, if that does come to fruition, if that happens, I think the Bills will very clearly lean into Taylor Rapp for more of the passing downs, right? Tyrell Dotson's a fine downhill player, and he can come in and do that. And then on long and late downs and obvious passing situations, I think you lean into Taylor Rapp and you restore the athleticism and the pass coverage ability. Not ideal, especially with what we've seen from TB in terms of pass coverage and run defense, but I think that's kind of the plan. But you know, ideally, we never get to the point where we're concerned about it or we wish Christian Kirksey was around. It was nice to have him, but obviously he's assessed his own personal situation, and for whatever the circumstances are, this is it for him. And, you know, obviously respect his decision. Uh, was really cool to hear Sean McDermott talk about it and really speak very complimentary of, you know, what type of impact he had in just a few short weeks. And, you know, he's always known for a high character, was a two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee. You know, he came in with a lot of rave reviews for his character, and it sounds like in a very short amount of time he made an impression on the Bills, but, you know, he certainly assessed his own situation and realized that he needed to retire. And so, obviously, respect his decision. He certainly hoped that we remain unconcerned about the Bills at middle linebacker. The next thing I want to mention are a couple of dynamics of this game against the Commanders. And one thing that I'm obviously thinking a lot about entering this contest is the weather. Um, there's a tropical storm coming through kind of the East Coast and certainly going to hit the DMV area. And it's going to be wet and rainy uh, in the days kind of leading up to the contest. And then, you know, even on game day, there's a chance for uh, some wet conditions, right? I mean, it's going to be a lot of water to deal with that's expected to come through. And not that I'm expecting a tropical storm during the Bills game based on the weather reports as the recording of this podcast. You know, there is a chance for some afternoon showers. It's going to be wet the the days before with a lot of rain. Um, and that could affect a football game. And to me, anytime there is um, weather introduced to a football game, it's a neutralizer. And it always helps the lesser team. And in this case, that's the commanders. The commanders are a six-point underdog at home. All right? They're the lesser team in this contest. And weather introduces variance, and that's a neutralizer. So I'm hoping for the best possible conditions for this game. Again, I don't think it's going to be crazy winds and crazy rain, but it could be, it could be a little bit rainy and drizzly. And obviously, it, the field conditions could be pretty damp. Um, so it's just something to keep an eye on. 
as far as the weather reports go in terms of wind, it doesn't seem like that's going to be a huge factor, you know, potentially five to 10 mile an hour winds uh, during the game. But again, that's as of me recording this podcast on Friday afternoon, we'll see how things um, move along throughout the course of the weekend. But, you know, we should be mindful of the potential weather in this football game. And the last thing that I'll say here in my final thoughts segment is there's a piece of this Washington game that I really like because it happens before the Bills play Miami next week. And obviously we'll have all kinds of conversations next week about Miami. But the speed that Washington has at wide receiver in Terry McLaurin, in Jahad Dotson, in Curtis Samuel is a nice little primer. Now, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell have better speed than those guys. But I don't think the Bills have really seen much speed at wide receiver yet this season. Garrett Wilson certainly presents speed, but that's about it from the Jets. And, you know, Devontae Adams is a sensational wide receiver, but he's not a fast guy. He's not known for his Jets. And so the Bills getting an exposure to this speed that the receivers for Washington are going to play with is a nice little primer for what's coming next week. And so I think that's helpful uh, to an extent uh, because obviously we know the tempo and pace that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can run routes. And um, it's going to stress the Bills in some different ways. And I think. This is a nice little appetizer, if you will, to what you're going to see next week when the Bills face the Dolphins. And obviously, got to take care of the Commanders, and the Dolphins got to take care of the Broncos. But next week in Western New York, you could see a very significant AFC East showdown happening. And really, regardless of the results of these games this Sunday, it's a big game as it relates to the AFC East landscape. All right, in just a moment, we're going to have Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills on to discuss the injuries. But first, I'm going to tell you about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful, but you know what? Sometimes it is. Game time is here for you. It is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets. They have a best price guarantee. And so with that in hand, you can stop stressing over getting tickets and start getting excited for the fun that you're going to have. The Game Time app is awesome. It's super easy to navigate. They have flash deals. They have Really nice specials on last-minute tickets. They give you an image of your seat view so you know exactly what to expect when you get into the stadium. It is phenomenal. So check it out. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNFL. That'll get you 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Folks, you know you love the convenience of getting whatever you want delivered right to your door. So check out DoorDash, DoorDash grocery delivery. You With that, you can stock up for the week on whatever you need or those last-minute cravings, you can get them shipped right to your front door conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your favorite restaurant's food, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores that you can choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and it'll boost your local economy with each and every order. And you'll get exactly what you order, or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. 
I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangeduppills.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bangeduppills. He joins us each week to get us ready for the upcoming Bills game from an injury perspective. And Kyle, it's been a weird week. We get the first injury report on Wednesday. There's a ton of players listed. Do not participate. Guys that finish the game, they're all of a sudden uh, not able to practice on Wednesday. Some some strange stuff. And then we get to Friday, and there's not a single player with a game day designation. So before we kind of get into some of this stuff and you know be mindful that guys do have some things that they're working through and what could be limiting, what's take us on the journey here. What's going on with uh, the Wednesday to Friday sequence here? It was definitely different. Um I think maybe we're seeing some difference in how the bills are uh, addressing load management. It's early in the season. We're seeing guys who do not participate. And usually it's not mean a good thing in terms of playing for, you know, Sunday if they're do not participate on Wednesday or Thursday, and then they go full on Friday. Uh, it's positive to see, but it's just really a stark difference from what we saw in past seasons um, with how they load manage. Cause usually there was a strong historical trend from what I found where, Early practice participation kind of led to things later on. Of course, injuries kind of do happen during the week, but usually if somebody was didn't participate on Wednesday, you're a little iffy for you know Saturday going into the game, or excuse me, Sunday going into the game. Well, and Kyle has shared with me that he's got some 40-page document where he's tracked all <laughs> the injuries under Sean McDermott, and you track all this information, and so you have the data to speak on it, and obviously there's some trends that you're keenly aware of that are not necessarily holding up so far. And I guess that's going to make these conversations each week uh, pretty interesting for you and I. But I do want to get into some of these players because, you know, they're not of concern to play, but they have stuff that they're dealing with. I want to start with Dawson Knox because this one really fascinates me. Finishes the game. And then on Wednesday, do not participate with the back. Thursday, do not participate with the back. Friday, he practices in full. What do you have for us on Dawson Knox? I don't know. Uh, he got banged around in the game. I mean, most guys do on, on Sunday. Uh, I saw him take a hard shot or two, but there wasn't anything that necessarily signified a specific injury or what he was working through. And it was really interesting going back to that 40 page document. You could call me a psychopath like uh, Ken Dorsey, you know, just or whatever he called himself. Um, anyway, so was real interesting with Docs is I found everybody else that was do not participate throughout the week was at best questionable, but did not play or they were just ruled out. So it was really interesting to see Knox go from do not participate, do not participate to full signifying maybe more of that load management stuff. So I don't know what he's dealing with. Hopefully maybe it was just more precautionary, but it's just really interesting how they managed that back injury this week. Well, sounds like he's good to go and that'll be helpful because going to need some help there in the trenches with this good Washington defensive line. Let's shift our focus to Micah Hyde, who has a hamstring injury, and it feels like he's kind of been working through some stuff here early in the season. We're all excited to have him back after really missing him for just about the entire 2022 season. But hamstring injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, full on Friday. You like the trajectory here, but I don't know, something bothers me about hamstring injuries and guys in their early 30s. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, he was working through some other stuff earlier in the year, uh, two weeks ago when he was on the, the report for back injury. So you got to wonder if maybe something was lingering. We don't know that for sure, but also just the fact that, like you said, he's older, you see hamstrings, the bills have been historically conservative with hamstrings, especially fresh ones coming off there. So the fact that he's out there playing in full, uh, for week three, might suggest that maybe he was working through something before he might tweak something in the game. They said, Hey, this thing isn't really any worse. And maybe they're comfortable with going out there and playing, but once again, a stark difference from what they've done historically uh, from hamstring injuries, 
at least known ones um, heading into the week. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's we've talked about that through the years. Hamstring, uh oh, right. That's kind of a red flag for us, and that's almost here, a guaranteed game missed. I mean, that's on average what I found. Not the case here, which yep. is good, right? They're not going to play them. They're, we know that they're calculated here. They're not going to play these guys if they're not reasonably able to go out there and perform. So, I guess I have a lot of confidence in the way that the Bills have handled injuries in the past that they're doing the right stuff here. Now let's get to Leonard Floyd here. This one is a little bit more identifiable based on what happened during the game. Had an ankle injury, only played a few snaps kind of early on, and then he missed the rest of the game. Shaq Lawson wound up playing quite a bit in relief of him, but uh, Leonard Floyd ankle injury didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, full Friday. He's got a bit of a of a history here, so let's get caught up on Leonard Floyd and his ankle. So he got kind of pushed out of the play in the backfield. He was going to close in on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he got pushed out of the the pocket, and he kind of lost his balance and didn't we're able to see it on the broadcast but it looked like he may have twisted his ankle just general low ankle sprain um he does have a long history or somewhat long history of the ankle injuries so he had injury back in 2021 with the rams and it kind of lingered all year and then 2022 he got uh underwent surgery off season that kind of lingered in training camp and he kind of worked through that there so the fact that he has another right ankle sprain might suggest it's more of a chronic thing. They might have just acutely injured it, and then you kind of just have to work through that there. One benefit with that, with those uh, chronic injuries, I should say, is that they might appear more severe at the time, and you might need some rest, but then your body kind of bounces back because, like, oh, the damage already been done. We know how to manage this, and that might be the case there. Uh, I'm sure his ankle is going to be taped up, and he's going to need a nice good warm-up, but I'm really not too concerned about Floyd, especially with the no-game-day designation. Well, and – if I recall correctly, they were taping him up during the game on Sunday, which is a signal to me that we'd want to see if we can get you back out there. It wasn't like, okay, that's it. You're done for the day. And maybe the game script kind of played into him not needing to play anymore against the Raiders. They won 38 to 10. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens with him, but they might limit his snaps. That's about the only thing I can think of that we can't account for right now. Terrell Bernard. Or Terrell Bernard. People yell at me because I emphasize the Bernard. I don't know. People yell at me for the way I say things all the time. I'm, I'm over that. But TB, that's what I'm going to go with. TB, the Bills middle linebacker, and suddenly one that we're quite satisfied with. It's been quite the development to see what he's shown us through two games. Uh, limited Wednesday, Thursday, practicing full on Friday with a knee quad designation. What can you tell us about TB? The big thing with uh, TB is whether this was the same side he had his hamstring on during the preseason or for the opposite like we don't know uh once again he's a very physical player he took some shots from the game there really wasn't anything to indicate what happened um to suffer a quad knee but the fact that they also called this a lower leg on wednesday might be more of the contusion variety which would also imply why he's able to play through this because if it was more of a sprain or strain i would expect at least a questionable designation or them holding him out but Considering the depth at middle linebacker with uh, Terrell, uh, Tyrell Dodson, which isn't great, A.J. Klein, who just came back, and Christian Kershey, who retired, if it's more minor than, yeah, you're going to get him out there, then something you're going to try to play through and potentially hurt worse. What's going to be fascinating about this situation is we know some guys have some stuff that they're working through, but what we do expect them all to play. We've seen the same group of inactive players now two weeks in a row. If that changes and you see maybe a position – a player at a position where there's a guy with a designation or, you know, an injury, no, nobody has a designation, but we know that they're working through something that could give us an indication as to, okay, we're a little bit concerned. So that's, I'm going to be paying close attention to the inactive report 
and see if it's chalk compared to the first two weeks, or is there something about these players that we just discussed that leads to a guy being active that hasn't been over the first couple games. As for the Washington side of things, they look to be in pretty good shape. Logan Thomas, their tight end, their starting tight end, he won't play. He's already been ruled out with a concussion, but they only have two more players with the designation. Cameron Curl, starting safety. Curtis Samuel, their third receiver. They didn't practice on Friday due to an illness. They're probably going to be fine for Sunday. So two pretty healthy teams entering Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. And the weather is not supposed to be great. So if it's going to be poor footing, I'm really hoping that there's not going to be a new, you know, significant injuries, might be some strains, you know, minor things like that, but it should be hopefully clean game from an injury standpoint as for clean from a mud standpoint. Good luck. Yeah. It's a, it's a natural surface there, regular grass there at FedEx field. So we will obviously pay close attention to that. And obviously we want this team coming out of this game healthy because I think most people know what's coming next week, a home date against the Miami Dolphins. So a healthy football team going into that will be important. And look, if you guys want injury news on the Dolphins and other teams in the AFC East, Dr. Kyle Trimble, he delivers that as well. Make sure you're following him in on Twitter at Banged Up Bills. He gives you all the nuggets there as well. I know that we'll be paying attention to what's going on in Miami as well. So, Dr. Kyle Trimble, always appreciate your time and your expertise, and we'll do it again next week. Thank you, Joe, and go Bills. Folks, you have to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it is easily the most exciting way to play DFS. The format is incredible. I love it. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros, including sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. All you do is you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. doesn't take long. You can make an entry in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super quick and super easy. I love watching football. Love it even more when I have a prize picks entry going into the game. It just makes it that much more exciting to watch. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, we're going to get into my predictions here. But first, I would like to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community, something that we started offering a few months ago. It has been incredible. So many people have signed up, and it's a lot of fun, especially for me. We get to do one-on-one text conversations. And so all week long, I'm texting with Bills fans, answering your questions, sharing my thoughts. It's been really, really cool. But also, you get my in-game text. So while the Bills are playing the Commanders, I'll give you several different thoughts as I'm watching the game. You know, pretty much after most series, I'll send out a text, let you know what I'm thinking when things go right, when things go wrong. You get those, and people have loved that to this point. So get in on the subtext community. There's a link in today's show notes to join. So if you're on YouTube or wherever you're consuming this podcast, go ahead and click on the show notes, and there will be a link to join the Lockdown Bill subtext community in there. Would love it if you check it out. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of cool features, and uh, come see what it's all about. Hope you will. All right, let's get into my predictions for Sunday afternoon. I've got five of them for you. My first prediction is that Greg Rousseau gets his first sack of the season. He's been really, really close. He's played good football all season long. His run defense has been elite. Yeah, I'll say it. His run defense has been elite. But I think he gets that first sack of the season this week. The commanders have been vulnerable on the edges. Andrew Wiley at right tackle. Uh, Charles Leno at left tackle. They've given up some stuff this year, and I thought the 
Broncos last week really gave them a lot of trouble. And I think Greg Rousseau and Leonard Floyd can do the same this week for the Bills. But I think Greg Rousseau definitely logs that first sack of the season this week and gets Sam Howell down on the ground. He's been sacked. We talked about it. Sam Howell's been sacked 10 times already this season, being sacked on over 12% of his dropbacks. Time for the Bills to pile up some sacks. I think Greg Rousseau gets one of them on Sunday. Number two, I think the Bills get their first non-linebacker interception of the season. The Bills have caused four turnovers this year. Three of them have been an interception by a linebacker, two by Matt Milano, one by Terrell Bernard. And then, of course, the Dane Jackson forced fumble and Taylor Rapp uh, recovered it. So there's your four turnovers so far this year, and none of them are an interception by a non-linebacker. So I think you're going to see a defensive back get an interception this week, um, maybe a defensive lineman, but I'm really kind of thinking whether it's Taron Johnson, Trey White, Christian Benford, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, one of those guys, somebody that doesn't play linebacker for the Bills is going to pick off a pass on Sunday afternoon. So that is my second prediction. A non-linebacker interception happens on Sunday. Number three, I think this is a, this will excite some people. I am predicting that we see Dalton Kincaid's first NFL touchdown. I think it happens this week. I think there's going to be some good opportunities for him in this game. I don't necessarily love the depth of Washington's secondary, and I think that he can get into some favorable matchups to find pay dirt. And you saw him got he got targeted last week um, by Josh Allen in the end zone. Kind of a tough situation where I, I know it would have been a really tough catch to make, but I think he hauls one in. And he scores his first NFL touchdown on Sunday afternoon. So my third prediction, Dalton Kincaid's first NFL touchdown. My fourth prediction, Deontay Hardy. I think he has 40 or more yards from scrimmage in this game. I think so far this year he has six touches for 17 yards in two games. And I think this is the type of game where his opportunities are going to be really good. Um, If he plays in the slot and they keep Benjamin St. Juiced on him, I think that's a mismatch for the Bills where St. Juice is a big, long corner that doesn't necessarily have the foot speed to mirror and match a guy like Deontay Hardy, and I think he can kind of pull away from him a little bit. So whether there's some creative stuff with the screen game, uh, jet sweeps, regular routes, I think you're going to see Deontay Hardy have a decent amount of production against Washington. So put me down for 40 or more yards from scrimmage for Deontay Hardy in this football game. And then my last prediction is whether or not I think the Bills win the game. I do think they win this game. Um, There's certainly a path for Washington. I think it starts with their defensive line really dominating the football game and putting Josh Allen under duress and Josh Allen making some goofy decisions. And then Sam Howell being able to meet the moment and maintain his level of play and, and really do some aggressive things that results in positive plays for Washington. But I think that Washington needs things to go their way to be able to win this game. I think the Bills have a deeper, more talented team, a more battle-tested team, uh, a team that you know I think has a lot of advantages. And so I think the Bills go to Washington, handle their business, um, and enter that game next week against Miami with a 2-1 and record. And um, I think the Bills will look good. I think there'll be a strong performance. Uh, it really comes down to me really this – This offensive line, the Bills offensive line, has to meet the moment against Washington. I think that's kind of the X factor in the entire game. But I think the Bills just have a deeper, more talented team. Um, 
that has more time on task together, especially with, you know, Sam Howell. They're putting a lot on his plate, and I think that's good. It says a lot about Sam, and he's had a lot of success to this point. But I think he's going to have to search deeper for answers this week against the Bills, you know, different than what Denver presented and a lot different than what Arizona presented. So I think that uh, Sean McDermott's going to take advantage of this young quarterback and uh, get out of town with a win in his 100th game as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. So there you have it. My five predictions. Greg Rousseau's first sack, first non-linebacker interception of the season, Dalton Kincaid's first NFL touchdown, Deontay Hardy, 40 or more yards from scrimmage, and a Buffalo Bills win on Sunday afternoon. That's it, folks. All that's left to do, the haze in the barn, all that's left to do is for the Bills to go play this game and score more points than the other team. Uh, my next conversation with you will come on Bleacher Report immediately after the game. I'll go live on Bleacher Report for about a half an hour, talk about my immediate reaction to the game. So check that out on Bleacher Report. And then, of course, I'll get to work on Locked On Bills, give you the same stuff we always do. You'll get my post-game podcast. We'll do the All-22 review, Herd Mentality, Crossover Thursday with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, my full Dolphins primer, and then our final conversation with final thoughts, injuries, predictions. That's what we do here during the week on Locked On Bills. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again after the game.